0: Is it a great day? We know that it's a great day. Number one, because the word of God says that it's a great day. He says that it's a great day. Why would it be a great day and not a lousy day? Because he made it. He never makes anything that's nasty or lousy. Yeah? Yeah. Hallelujah. Even though it looks a little cloudy, dreary, or we've had a really difficult time making it around, or for whatever reason, it's still a great day. And we're not trying to put a mask on ourselves and go, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I'm just doing so wonderful. Sometimes we're doing pretty not good. And yet, in the midst of it, our hearts, because we know our King, we know our Lord, we can declare the praises of Him who called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. <laughs> hallelujah! Yeah. I'm already starting off. Hallelujah. Would you catch this, please? I don't know why I brought it with me. <laughs> hallelujah. Um, This morning as we were singing, a few things popped into my heart and I wanted to address it from the very beginning. Uh, Carol, if you'll come forward and using your mic there, would you read to us? We sang the song, Honey in the Rock. Uh, Look at your neighbor and say, Honey in the Rock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is honey in the rock and it is scriptural, by the way. It really is. It's found in the word. And if you're not careful, you kind of gloss over it. So, Carol, if you'll read that, please.
1: Can I read a little extra? Sure, yeah. Okay, because um, I had, when I had this in my quiet time, um, it's Psalm 81. And one of the things that God spoke was, You called in distress, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place. And then. The next thing that the Holy Spirit spoke in my quiet time was, Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Yes. Then is the scripture Pastor Kelly asked me to read. And it's Psalm 81, verse 16, in case you have your Bible and you want to look at it. It's, God would feed his children now also... With the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock, would he satisfy you?
0: Now, are all those other scriptures, are they still in Psalm 81 or right in that area? Yeah. Ah. All from the same breath, all from the same concept in the same moment, hallelujah. The writer in Psalms right there was declaring some things. And in my heart, one of the verses in that song is thirsty for the living well. And she said, open your mouth and I will fill it, hallelujah, hallelujah. So in our hearts, you don't have to use your personal, um, you know, your bodily mouth in order to do it. But sometimes, you know, we use a a prophetic uh, 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 way of doing something. So if you have to open up your mouth wide physically in order to do it, do it. But in your heart, I want you to open your mouth wide and God wants to fill it. God wants to fill it with all the good things that he has to offer. Hallelujah. He has things to show you in the secret place. Hallelujah, things to show you, hallelujah, that He won't just uh, deliver to everybody, but He will deliver it to those who have mouths that are wide open. Do you remember the birds when they're in their little nest and the mom or the dad comes with a little bit of food? What do they do? Come on, what do they do? They open it wide, they're ready to receive. Are you ready to receive? Are you ready to receive honey from the rock? Are you ready to receive that truth that comes from the rock, Christ Jesus? Hallelujah. There is something that, uh, within that honey, there is a supply. Everyone say supply. And in that supply, God's Word says that I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory by my Son, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes we forget it. We declare it, but in our hearts we've yet to truly grasp hold of it. And I am here to say today that that Word is still alive and just as powerful as it was the moment that it came out uh, of the author's mouth in Jesus' name. It still has just as much power and just as much authority Authority as it did back then. So take it, receive it and walk in it in Jesus name. Come on, giving glory. Hallelujah, come on, giving glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I want us to uh, start off today. Uh, yes, the title of the message is, "Why should I stand firm? Why do I stand firm? Hallelujah. You know when I was four years old, everyone say, four years old? I remember a situation that took place where my mom put my sister and I in the car and we were heading into downtown. That's back then. That's where you went to go to all the stores. You didn't go to Walmart and all the suburbs in order to get where you needed to go and buy what you needed. Those of you who are old enough to remember that, just raise your hand and say, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. And so in that period of time, I remember uh, that uh, we stopped at a little storefront. There were several stores right in a row. You remember those times, you know, downtown. And I looked and boy, there was a toy store right there. And oh boy, I was just so excited. I could hardly wait. And in my mind, I'm firmly believing this is where we're headed because the world revolves around moi. And so as a result, okay, uh, it's going to be a most exciting, enjoyable time. Well, mom had other plans. And uh, we started heading not for the toy store, but for the store next door, which had material in it. Ugh. And clothing patterns and all that kind of yucky stuff. Ugh. (laughs) And so I decided to stand firm. (laughs) And I decided to add a few little jumps to my standing firm. <laughs> I don't want to go there. And I set up a fuss, and I stood firm. And the thing is, my mom stood firmer. And you can see the first uh, picture on the on there. Okay? Do we have a picture up there? And, uh, yeah. Now you know the results of that one. Okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Do you remember uh, Beverly Hillbillies, anybody? Yeah. Remember Granny? Yeah. She stood firm a few times on what she believed in, right? Well, there she, there's a Granny right there. And she is probably maybe not a happy camper about something, or she's standing firm about what she believes and she's not going to be moved. Amen. Yeah. Well, I wanted us to also remember, you know, another person that stood their ground uh, was a man by the name of Justin Martyr. You may not have remembered him uh, unless you're, um, uh, you go into church history, uh, but this man, and you, there he is right there. Of course, there were no such things as cameras back then. Uh, he was from many, many, many years ago during the Roman Empire. Everyone say Roman Empire. No cameras. Roman Empire. Roman Empire. No cameras. Okay, yeah. No cell phones, no anything like that, okay? And so they had to draw. That was their best way of of doing it, okay? And it may have taken a while. It wasn't a computerized version, you know? It wasn't AI duplicated or brought up, okay? It was the original. Look at someone and say it was the original. And so Justin Martyr was his name, and he was a man who was known for defending Christianity and defending the morality of Christianity. And in the end, because he stood firm, everyone say stood firm... And what he knew to be right, it caused the Roman emperor at the time, because he went to that Roman emperor, and he stood firm, everyone say stood firm, in the midst of possible uh, uh, repercussions... And he delivered what he knew to be true according to God's word and what God had placed in his heart. He was unmoved by what he was seeing around him and what was happening. And he said the, the truths of God. It caused that Roman emperor to change his mind. What's that called? Repent. He repented and he backed off from persecuting Christians because of it. Your voice does matter. Look at your neighbor and say, Your voice does matter. I wanted to bring up one more. Anyone remember Rosa Parks? Anyone remember Rosa Parks? Okay? There's a picture of her. She's the one we know well where she got up on the bus. And she went to a and sat in a seat where supposedly you're not supposed to sit because of the color of your skin. And she stood by what she knew to be true and knew to be right according to God's principles. And she said, I'm not moving from this place. And she ended up getting arrested. Other things took place. But in the end, we're seeing some changes taking place as a result of her stand and she stood firm everyone say stand firm hallelujah and so I wanted to start off with that reminding us of what it means to stand firm you know sometimes when we stand firm it's a result of something that has taken place okay Uh, something has come up to our attention uh, something that is pushing against what we believe to be true and right Something that we hold dear. Something that we think is precious. Something that is very high on our priority list. And we're not willing to back down from it sometimes. But then there are other ways that some people deal with it. When they come up okay, to something that is pushing against what they believe, what do they do? They flee. They run away. They go hide. Maybe that's some Okay, in the, in, in, in the world today. Maybe that's some of us. Maybe you've done that in the past. Okay, you were, you were strong, you thought, in the things of God. And then something challenged that. And rather than stand firm, what did you do? You ran. Has anyone ever done that before? I have. Yeah, I have. Okay, I felt horrible about it afterward. I had to repent. Okay, and God was so gracious to forgive. Amen. And to give me another opportunity. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say another opportunity. Some, okay, when they were challenged, okay, and saw something that, that was not basically what they thought, okay, different than what I think. And they would fight. They would stick up your dukes. Let's punch this one out. You know, I'm better than you. I'm right and you're not. Anyone ever done it that way? My sister. <laughs> oh, come on. Some of you. I'm going to ask that one more time. How many of you have actually done it that way where you actually duped it out? Okay. Because you're right and they're not. You know, three plus three is seven. I know it is. <laughs> and then some, what do they do? They freeze. They do Nothing. Deer in the headlights. Something is brought up to the attendee, and you're just like. Okay, and that's the way it kind of stands. You know, in a sense, I think that's where the church might be right now. We're seeing a few things happen and we're in shock. And we're just standing there like deer in the headlights. Look at your neighbor and say, well. (laughs) huh?" Many acquiesce. To those who are challenging them, they just back down. They go, okay, 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 Uncle! You get the idea what I'm saying? Sometimes it's, you know, that's the best thing to do, you know, but there are other times when that's not what you need to do, okay? But I believe that's sometimes where the church is now. We are acquiescing. I don't know about you, but in the times that I was trained younger as a child of God, I was trained to acquiesce. Don't talk about it. Just stick your head in the sand, okay? And, and it'll all go away. Here's another one. God's in control. Well, he might be. But in the, also, he gave you a mouth to declare a thing in its proper timing. And I think we have acquiesced at times when we needed to have a voice. Look at your neighbor and say, oh my... You know what, you know, we acquiesce, you know, when someone challenges what we think is right, and we just go, oh, yeah, well, maybe you're right, okay? Well, I kind of acquiesced in a quite a different way one time. I was uh, out with uh, the guys, okay, college years, you know, and I was a lot skinnier than I am now, and uh, in that moment, (laughs) we were playing a football game, and my uh, uh, dorm room uh, mate, okay, uh, the guy shared... Uh, A dorm room with me he weighed about 285 pounds you know a little taller than me and uh, he had been involved you know with some sports in his years and we're out on the field it's raining and we're having a great old time and the ball is passed to me and I'm moving forward, okay, my 90-pound my self, and I have, guess who, coming right for me, the 285-pound dorm roommate, and he's not stopping anytime soon. And so I made a quick decision to acquiesce to the moment, and I decided to just sit down on the ground. I acquiesced. <laughs> I said, all right, I, I give up. I'll just sit down. <laughs> and, and so we, uh, sometimes it's probably a good thing to acquiesce, and then other times maybe not. Look at your neighbor and say sometimes yes and sometimes no. There are many, though, who stand firm when they see what they deeply value being challenged or being taken from them. I'm going to repeat that. But there are many who stand firm when they see what they deeply value being challenged or even taken from them. Can I get an amen? Why do we stand firm? Why do we stand firm? Look at your neighbor and say, so why? Well, let me give you one thought. The word, okay, the word of God says that the word itself stands firm. Psalm 119, verse number 89, it says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. And because the word of God stands firm, the truths that are in it stand firm. And from it, I can live a life that what? Stands firm. And then when it's challenged, I don't have to go about the confrontation on my own because I know I have the Word to back me up. The people of the world say, "Well, that's just a bunch of goofiness." You've got words that are just going to stand behind you. What does that all mean? You don't understand the power of the Word of God because you don't understand the Word. You don't understand Him. He is your elder brother. God's word says he is your elder brother and he stands behind you and he works for you and he stands behind you and when you can't hear anything and you can't see anything, you can know by faith that he is with you and that he's doing things on your behalf to make sure that his purpose and his plan goes forth with power and with excellence and you vi- are victorious in the end. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, why do we stand firm then? Well, how about this? Because his plan stands firm. It says it in the word. There's that word again. His word says that his plan and his love stand firm. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, that's good teaching. teaching. Go to Psalm chapter 33. Psalm 33, verses 11 and 12. It says, but the plans of the Lord, what? What does it say? Say it again. But the plans of the Lord, what? How often? The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. Hallelujah. One of them actually says his thoughts are forever of you. And when it says of his thoughts, it has everything to do with his love. Now think on that for a million years. Hallelujah. God's word says that his thoughts for you outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. His love for you is never ending. His love is so strong that he actually sent his own son to die on a cross. Hallelujah. To bring back the relationship with the father to you and I. Can I get an amen out of that? His love stands firm. Look at your neighbor and say, his love stands firm. His plan stands firm. His love stands firm. His word stands firm. Hallelujah. I want us to please go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 9. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 9. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to understand that because... Because of his word, because of his plan, because of his love, we can stand firm. We've got to understand that. The things that are eternal that stand firm, we can stand upon that. Hallelujah. So that no matter what the enemy comes with, no matter what the world tries to tell you, you have a better understanding, you have a higher calling, you have a greater walk to walk on this earth during this time that you live. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 5, 9 says, resist him. Resist who? Amen. He resists who? Amen. Don't be afraid to say the enemy. Come on. Resist who? Amen. The enemy. God's word says that he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is all about that, you know. That is his uh, op, uh, modus operandi. He goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And those who are naive and those who are, uh, let's just say, having their head in the sand, i.e. maybe the church of the living God. We end up getting distracted and deceived and tricked by him. God's word says, don't fall into his temptations and into his snares and into his traps. But resist him. Look at your neighbor and say, resist him. When you start getting sick, resist it. Standing firm in your faith. Last Monday, I don't know what it was. I took different supplements. Maybe that was it. And I didn't eat that day and that might have been the big cause but suddenly I started getting very nauseous it hit like within five minutes and you know that I I, I get raw sometimes okay but I'm around kids and so uh, I, I got to that place where quickly I felt the acids coming up and I had to keep swallowing it was so horribly yucky And I'm swallowing and it's just, it's not going to stay down anymore. And I finally quickly somehow go to the office and I said, I may be sick in the next few moments. (laughs) So I will attempt, okay, to position the class to where they'll be in good shape. But just to let you know. And so within like 1 minute, I had the kids, it was just the right moment and I said, "We've we've done 5 or 6 problems on this. I release you to start working with one another for a few minutes. Do not give one another the answers, but work with one another." Hallelujah. And I will be right back. And I left and I took care of business in the toileta. And it came out both ends. I'm sorry to say that. And you know what? It was just fine. because. And during the whole time I was repeating the word of God. I was saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, I have things to do, places to speak. And God's word says that by his stripes I was already healed. You went about doing good, healing all who were afflicted. And right now I'm just a little afflicted. But I know your word is greater than this sickness. So I speak to that sickness to Dry up, leave, and and go back to where you belong. Amen? What was I doing? I was resisting. I was standing firm. Ladies and gentlemen, look at one another and say, it's time to stand firm. And there are many ways in which we can stand firm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here to speak to the church of the living God, whether you're here in the congregation or whether you're on YouTube and you're listening to it later. I am here to say, the church of the living God is to rise up and stand firm and walk in the dimension that God has called her to walk in. Hallelujah. And stop being mealy-mouthed and acquiesce and naive and not understanding because you got your head in the sand. That's the nice way of saying it. I could have gone another direction. Pastor Dan may have done that. I don't know. (laughs) 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse number 58. Knowing what we can do as we resist him. It says therefore. Everyone say "Therefore." therefore. And by the way, a lot of times when you see a therefore or a so, that means there was something previous that you also needed to know. Hallelujah. I'm I'm just telling you right now, I've kind of given you a lot of what was already just spoken. And now we have a therefore. Therefore, what? My dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give. How often? How often? How often? Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, not half-heartedly. Well, I'll just do a little dabble, do ya, for the church. I'll just give just a few bucks. I'll give just a little of my time. Well, I'll even open the door for Granny Smith as she walks through the door this morning. (laughs) Well, bless your pea-picking heart, as Tennessee Ernie Ford sang years ago. Just appreciate all the hard work and labor you put into that. And I'm not trying to dismiss people. That might be all they can do. Okay. And I'm not trying to go that direction. But you get what I'm trying to say. Sometimes it's all right to tip God. Rather than giving him our first fruits. Which for us is everything. Besides he gave us everything. For us to enjoy Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I have a prophetic sound to me sometimes, you know, and so uh, if it, if it fits, go ahead, repent. Okay. And, and uh, uh, we, we believe in repenting here. Okay. And we believe in repenting while the ministry of God is going forth. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not going to push you over into a corner and say, you know, you need to do that on your own. Sorry. Hallelujah. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know, you know, you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Look at your neighbor and say, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. Remember, we're talking about learning to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore hallelujah stand firm because hallelujah amen let's go to James chapter 5 verse number 8 is anyone getting anything out of this today hallelujah James chapter 5 verse 8 says you too be patient oh there's something we don't like to do we like to, we like it now, don't we? <laughs> yes, uh, Burger King people. I'd like to have you know three of this and nine of that, and I would like to have a million dollars, and I would like to have a wife, and I would like to have a brand new house with a great new car, and I would like to have. Do you remember the song from years ago called the Never Ending Shopping List? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Lulu Roman from Hee Haw used to sing it. Remember the lady with the black hair? Okay. A little rotund. Okay. And, and she had a beautiful voice though. Man, oh, she was magnificent. You know, but she sang that song. And, and she, uh, and, and it was basically, uh, bless me Lord. And, and I can't even remember what, what, how it sounded. Uh, but give me what I think I need to make another day. Okay? Keep me healthy. Make me wealthy. You know, and, and this never-ending shopping list. Give me what I think I need to make another day. Okay? That shopping list. Okay? And yet we need to stand upon and be firm in what God has already declared about our lives. Amen. And not be moved when we see the enemy, Hallelujah, trying to creep in to challenge and/or take. What is rightfully God's children's. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So James chapter 5 verse 8 says. You too be patient. Hallelujah. And stand firm. Because why? The Lord's coming is what? Near. God's calling his children to stand firm. Be patient. Yeah, it's going to look a little uh, uh, intense for a while. Everyone say, for a while. It's going to be a little intense. But know this, okay? He is who He says He is. He's not going to back down from who He says He is or what He's going to do. Hallelujah. His promises are true. They are yes and amen to those who believe and are yes in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that the end is near. Therefore, God's word even says in a few places. says that you will receive a crown because you stand firm. I don't know about you. I would like to have a whole bunch of crowns. Not because I want them. Because when I come to the moment when I leave this earth. I'm going to be face to face with the one who deserves all the crowns anyway. And I'll have lots of them to, to lay before his feet. Yes. <laughs> that sure isn't the world. <laughs> oh, boy. Hallelujah. So I wanted to let you know, we've already talked about it, okay, uh, in, indirectly a few times. Perilous times are, are in our midst, Yeah. And we got to learn to stand firm in the midst of the perilous times. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. Hallelujah. Everyone say 2 Timothy. And we know God's word says in the last days, but mark this. There will be terrible times, perilous times in the last days when... In the last days, remember, I'm a teacher, and I do expect a response, okay? And so people will be lovers of themselves. Are people lovers of themselves? Yeah, we can see it. Sometimes I'm a lover of myself, and I have to repent. Hallelujah. Have you ever been a lover of yourself? Yeah, God's Word does say to love yourself. God's word says to love your neighbor as yourself. But that's all in line with loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Okay, And if you do that, then you'll learn how to love yourself properly and you'll love your neighbor well. Ah, Look at your neighbor and say, loving our neighbor well. well. Hallelujah. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, lovers of money. Yeah, some of these sports heroes getting paid $45 million a year now. For what? Huh. For putting a, a, a piece of leather with some air in it and, and running across a line. Getting hit a few times and you get a $45 million, eh? And then those of us who are like uh, Mrs., uh, uh, Mrs. Monica right over there and myself who uh, probably taught them okay, to think and to do what they do, and we get paid maybe what? A thousandth of that? Not even a thousandth of it? Yeah. Yeah. I think we live in a society that's just a little unequal in certain ways. Hmm. But you know what? Let's go on a little bit further. Lovers of money, they're boastful. They are proud. They are abusive. I've got a kid in my class, There are people all over in this state, around this nation. If there are anything dealing with the world, you're going to have abuse. It likes to be covered up. But in this age of, being, of uh, darkness being exposed, the darkness is being exposed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're abusive. They're disobedient to their parents. Hmm. I heard this said by a previous pastor a few years ago when went through this and disobedient to their parents. It also gives allowance right there for spiritual parents. Your spiritual parents. Who raised you in the ways of God? Some of them, it is your parents, physical parents, your bloodline parents. Others, it was others. Some of your pastors, a next door neighbor that pulled you in and, and spoke to the things of God. They're spiritual parents. Are we being disobedient to those spiritual parents? Hallelujah. All right. Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control. You know what slanderous means, don't you? Okay. Uh, Without self-control. You see some things going on that are lacking self-control? Hello? Hallelujah. Brutal. Everyone say brutal. brutal. There's some brutal things going on right now. Very brutal. Not lovers of the good. Have you noticed that? People don't love good anymore. They like it, evil. They like it. It suits their fancy. Okay, They embrace it. They coddle it. They pet it. They love on it because they're involved in it. Is anyone getting anything out of this? Is there something rising up on the inside of you that's saying, that can't continue. You were created for more than that. Hallelujah. Uh, Treacherous. Everyone say treacherous. Rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I had a young sixth grader, desperately desires to be water baptized, has all year, got saved just recent hungers for the things of God, loves everything. When I say it's Bible time, he and the whole class, is just one of those classes that you get every once in a while in a private school where they just yay when it's Bible time. They hunger for it. They want to know more. And in it, this young man's right there in the midst of it, and, and he says, can I get water baptized? He's been waiting all year. and And finally, our school had a couple of days of revival and renewal. And then we said we will have a baptismal time. And you're invited to come to that. So we were all excited. We were all excited for him to be water baptized with others uh, in the school. And when it came time for him to be able to do it. They came to me the, the previous morning. And he said I can't get water baptized. Because my grandpa said we have to go fishing. This is confrontive, okay? It almost laughs at the things of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it's not just happening with the adults. It's starting with the children. It should concern you. Well, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come. Just get me out of here, Lord. And I'm waiting for that moment to happen too. But what about those kids that are out there right now that are being duped and trained into things that are not in line with the Word of God? I love those wonderful teachers like Monica over here in the public school system. Where maybe some things are not in line with the word of God. But those kids have a wonderful educator that they can go to. To embrace and to hold to and to pray with if need be. Does that make sense to everybody? Hallelujah. And those like myself that are in a Christian school. Or maybe you homeschool. Okay. But there are options and there are ways. And God has provided ways for us to train our kids in the admonition of the Lord so that when they grow older, they will not depart from the truth. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah, it says right there, it says lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. That doesn't mean, hallelujah, that we, that we say awful things about them and that they, we lower ourselves down to their level and we become like them. No, it means stand firm. That will happen. You don't have to be a part of it. You can be the example. And I'm not trying to make you guys look like that you're involved with that. Okay? But we need to know that this is true. And that we can make a dividing line. Put the line in the sand, in the realm of the spirit, and say this far, no more. Look at your neighbor and say, that's pretty amazing. John 10, 10. Everyone say John 10, 10. We know the thief comes. Why? Only to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job. That's his uh, uh, modus operandi. That's the way he does it. Okay? And he's not stopping anytime soon. But his time is coming. But it says right here, I have come. Who's come? Who? Jesus Jesus has come to what? That we may what? Have what? Life. And have it what? Have it to the full. That's what God's word says. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, that is life. We need life, ladies and gentlemen. We need life. Hallelujah. Stand firm upon what life is all about. Hallelujah. You know, the enemy, like I said, he destroys. That's one of his jobs. Kill, steal, destroy. One thing he likes to do to try and convince people is to flatter and to sway. Hallelujah. He will do it in very convincing ways. He has ulterior motives. And when you have people who have ulterior motives, you're joining with him. Know your motives. Why are you standing firm? Why do you stand firm? Is there an ulterior motive? Because you want something out of it? Or are you doing it for the glory of God? You're here for the glory of God. You're here on this earth to bring glory to God. Everything about him, his word, his spirit, his plan. Go to Psalm 55 verse 21. Something I had not seen. Oh my goodness. It says his talk. Whose talk? Satan's talk is smooth as butter yet war is in his heart his words are more soothing than oil makes you feel good almost kind of like brings healing makes it feel all good on the inside yet they are drawn swords he is cunning ladies and gentlemen he will use flattery He will do what he can to try and get you to turn, acquiesce, yield, back off. That's his purpose. That's what he wants to do. Hallelujah. But you know what? There are some things what I call unnegotiables. Have you ever heard that word unnegotiables? There are some unnegotiables. Hallelujah. Everyone say unnegotiable. There are some things that are unnegotiable to the children of God. And I believe that the current church in general, not from Church of Tomorrow, but in the church in general, there might be many who are considering things that were supposed to be unnegotiable. And now they have opened the door to compromise. They've opened the door. Well, I guess we can negotiate on this. I'll give you this, you give me that. That's dangerous territory. Everyone say dangerous. Dangerous. Ah. We've been given a trust, ladies and gentlemen. We've been given a trust. We've been given the truth of the living God. We've been given the gospel to share with our lives and with our voices. Hallelujah. And this trust, this truth, this gospel, how valuable is it to you? How valuable is it to you? Is it worth laying down your life for? Or is it just a little dabble do ya? It's enough for me to put a little sticker on my car uh, uh, fender that says, "Hunk" if you love Jesus. (laughs) And we have a little Christian cross hanging from our neck. Now I'm not against those. I am not against that. That's part of what we can proclaim. Hallelujah. It can open doors. It can open a conversation. But I think you get what I'm trying to say. For some, that's the only thing they're going to say or do. And they think that's the tip or the value that they place on God and his living word. And on what he's done for us. All right. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 13. It says, be on your guard, therefore. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Allow God's word. Allow his life. Allow everything dealing with what his son has done. To so permeate you that you, have what, you find out that his, his life, his character, his everything. And what he's done for you is more valuable to you than anything this world has to offer. So it says, be on your guard therefore. Because there is one going around who will try and convince you of the value you place on your God. Is that not what Adam and Eve were confronted with at the garden? Did God really say? Huh. And he still does that today. Is it really worth standing up for? Is it really that big of an issue for you to actually voice what you have to say about it by the Spirit of God? Is it really that valuable for you to stand firm? You don't have to. There will come a time soon, everyone say soon. In fact, some, maybe some sense now, when people will be looking We'll be looking for that or those who are stable and unmoved. I wanted you to hear this because in the midst of standing firm, in the midst of pushing... in in the realm of the spirit, okay, in the name of Jesus and standing your ground, as it were, hallelujah, there's gonna come a time in which the world is going to become so chaotic and so out of sorts that the people are going to start looking for those, hallelujah, who have some sense of stability and who have some sense of of, of, of being stationed and firmly rooted And deeply planted. And unmoved by the things that the world is uh, showing them. And they will come running to certain people. Because they seem to know something that they don't and that the world cannot offer. That is the children of the Most High God. There was a tribe in the Old Testament. God's word decrees it. One of the twelve... Uh, that uh, had that mindset it says that the men of Issachar everyone say the men of Issachar okay they were the men who knew the times and the seasons of what was going on and they had knowledge of what to do in the midst we I believe are in that place right now where there is chaos and there is stuff going on that is causing people of the world to be caught off guard to be uh, not knowing what to do deer in the headlights fleeing for their lives fighting doing all kinds of things but in the end their hearts are empty and they're needing something to hold on to and they see a man or a woman of god who they've heard about seen and watched as they've walked their walk in line with a gracious god and as a result they come running to them you have the spirit of God upon you, which was the same spirit which was upon the men of Issachar. You know the times and the seasons. You're not caught off guard. And you know, have a knowledge of what God wants you to do in the midst of it. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will walk in the same spirit as the sons of Issachar. First Chronicles 12, 32. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel, what? Should do. They had a knowledge. Why? It was the knowledge of the Lord. It was the wisdom from above. Everyone just declare and say, I have the wisdom of God. He'll tell you what to do. And he will also give instruction more than just for you. This world is not about you. Stop holding it just for yourself, release it for others. They desperately need to know. Hallelujah. Everyone say, navigate. The Holy Spirit will give us navigation directions and strategies on how to walk this walk in this time. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And then be a blessing to others in the process. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Peter 3.17 You therefore, beloved, therefore dear friends, since you have been forewarned, huh? Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position yourselves. The job of the enemy is to come and stir up a lawless spirit around you to the place where you end up yielding to it. And then you fall from your secure position. That would never happen to me. Well, I'm already watching it happen all around me. Different men and women of God who we thought were strong in the things of God. What's happened? They are falling from their secure position. Is anyone getting anything out of this? This is not just for everybody else and that you've already arrived. No. The day you start thinking that way is this day you fall from your secure position. Pride before what? Haughty spirit before destruction. Okay? Look at someone and say, oh my. I thought about lawless. What does it mean to be lawless? It means unrestrained. There are no restraints. Nothing to hold you back. Licentious. Criminal. Wow. Do you see a little bit of that going on? Some states literally right now, they have laws that say that the store owner cannot stop a criminal from stealing in their own building up to a thousand dollars. You have to let them go. And if you stop them, you are the one who gets arrested. Well, praise the Lord, at least we're in Oklahoma. That, my friends, is a mindset that I'm talking about as well. The mindset that says what's the word? Not in my, what? Not in my neighborhood. Not in my yard. Well, at least it's not in my yard. At least it's not in my backyard. I guess we're, we're safe for now, so that means it's all good. Kick the can down the road for a later time so that my kids and grandchildren have to deal with it. Well, maybe you have to deal with it two years later or one month later. Woo! What does it mean to restrain, to hold back, keep from, subdue? There are, no, there are no parameters or no boundaries that are holding these people from doing what they want to do. They just get to do it all the time. And there's nothing to stop them from it. We're seeing that happen in our own country right now. Does it bother you? Well, at least it's not in Oklahoma. I'll bet tomorrow it might be. Well, I'll deal with it then. See, there you go. That's the mindset. Okay, And we, talk, we know about what Galatians 5 says about self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And the reason why we don't see the fruit of the Spirit of self-control is because they're not walking in the Spirit. They don't have the Spirit. Oh, they have a Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Okay? Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. I'm not going to go through every little bit of it. But we know in Ephesians 4, 11 through 15, God has given us the five-fold ministry. Why? So that we, the people of God, can be equipped to do the works of service until we all reach unity in the faith. Why? So that we are not moved by every little wind of doctrine that comes our way. Move to the next section right there. Then we will no longer be Infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Oh, I won't ever be deceived. Hmm, I think you just were right there. Huh? Instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow. Everyone say we grow. We're always growing, we never arrive well, why even bother then? No, if you have the spirit of Christ living in you, you will know that there's never an end to the understanding of our God. But it doesn't stop you from trying to understand who, they, who he is. Just like those of you who uh, met your, the lover of your life, other than Jesus, your husband, wife, okay? One I'm finding out about right now. And guess What? You knew some about them when you first knew. But as you have connected and the two become one, guess what? You're ever finding out about the other person, aren't you? A lot of people don't want to go that far. And that's why maybe that some get a divorce in the end. They don't want to find something else about them. Because they like the way they used to be a long time ago. And and now we're finding out some other things. And I don't want to go there. Getting what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And so, God's heart is, he wants us, okay, to be a mature body. Speaking the truth in love. We're growing. Growing together. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We have false prophets, ladies and gentlemen, in the earth today. We have men who call themselves Jesus. And thousands upon thousands are running to his side saying, yes, you are. Why? Because they don't know what the word of God says. And so they're tricked and deceived into believing that there is a Jesus and he's going to come that way. If they read the word, they would know that's not going to be happening. He won't come that way. Hallelujah. We have both state and federal legislation right now. Challenging the very core of all that is moral and biblical. Just happened in Washington. What was it? Come up here. Yeah, yeah. What was it that happened just in Washington just a few days ago? Was it you or one of you knows? Is something in Washington about uh, transgender? Yeah, yeah. What what was it? Uh, just about a week or two ago uh, the the and you.
1: and before, you're, you're
0: or So that's in Washington. Other states are, have already done it or are in the process of going the same direction. Legislation against the, per, the biblical ways of our God, the way this nation was founded, and a, Washington has just signed into law legislation that says if your child wants to uh, be transgendered, okay, and you as the parent don't want that to happen, they will take the child from you. And you will be the, the, the criminal. And they will get to do that surgery on that child. Without your consent. Even though you say, I don't want it. That is happening now. Okay? I, I, I'm, it, it is so uh, invasive and in your face now. We have to stand firm. Look at your neighbor and say, Stand firm. We have Christian theologians, Christian theologians, with books out stating that Jesus should not have been crucified. It was brutal. That's not God. Same people that each culture and generation must find out who their God is for their time. Christian theologians. Being certain is actually a sin. Think on that one. What is faith? Being certain of what you hope for. Sure about what you don't see. Christian theologian. It's a book written that says the sin of certainty. You can't be certain about anything. What's that going to create? And that the Great Commission is fake news. He laughs about it. He mocks it. In full view. Christian theologian. Taught classes in a seminary several years ago. He was kicked out because hundreds and hundreds of students, okay, after leaving his class, recanted their faith and walked away. The very antithesis of God's heart. Vanessa, would you come up? I've asked a few people. I'm going to ask Chris the thing you sent to me. Can you, like, in about one minute kind of share basically what that was? I've asked Vanessa, I'm sorry, to um, share. She is part of uh, college. She's going to college, does all of classes uh, in an arena uh, that is very controversial. And I wanted her to share something that we need to know as children of God, okay? What is it that is, we need to stand firm, that we may not know about
2: well um, my majors it's under political science so there's
0: my majors under
2: political science so there's always a lot to talk about that concerns current events so um, of course transgender is um, at the height of what the discussions are in particular in liberal arts so um, mm. I think some of the things that need to be understood for people who are not in this culture in, in academics is that it is a mandatory thing that they, uh, that in academics, that this is talked about, in particular in liberal arts. Now, my youngest daughter is, she's in STEM, and it's never a conversation. They don't even talk about it. But in liberal arts, this is a, very much a conversation. And uh, so I think that's one thing that needs to be talked about is that understood is that it is something that is pretty much enforced. And what happens is, is that it causes, it causes uh, students to go silent. And the people who, who, who want to uh, uh, prescribe to it the most, they speak up because they're told to speak up. But for people who don't. Uh, prescribed to it, they are silent. I've had many times in class where I'll stand up and say something, and after class, they'll come and say, "I'm so glad you said something." Well, the kids, the students, are more afraid to say something because of the culture that they're accustomed to. I don't care. I'm not. I'm, I don't care about being canceled. I mean, it doesn't mean it to our age group. We don't care about being canceled. We don't even know. So what? It's on Instagram. That's not my world. So uh, we really don't care. But for them, they are, it's, it's causing them to go silent and be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one thing. But along with that, there's hope because they come to me and say, I'm glad you said something. Yeah. Because they don't have the, they, they're not at the age where they feel like they have the strength to come and say it for themselves yeah. without being retaliated against. Because this is their world and i have to stop myself from saying the kids and the in the children they are young but these are still my classmates and i am going to go into a different a field of uh, once i get graduate these will be the people that i'm working with
0: yeah yeah amen so
2: it's important and these will be the people who are setting laws and ascribing to them and right And making it happen. So there's a lot of opportunity for prayer because everybody doesn't agree, even though it seems like they all agree. They don't. They're just silenced.
0: So we need to stand firm. We need to stand firm. And there is a younger generation that is being taught things not in line with the word. And many a times they are enforced to not say anything.
2: Yeah. The one thing I do want to remind everybody is what we're seeing in government is due to culture. Government reflects culture, but guess what? The church is not reflecting culture.
0: Right. Not supposed to.
2: Well, no. We can set culture.
0: Hallelujah.
2: And we're not setting culture. Mm -hmm. So that gives... um, Let me calm down because I got stuff I want to say, but I don't think... (laughs) because I cuss a little yeah, we won't be able to. I, I know this is gonna go on YouTube. Yeah, I'm keeping it real okay but we we i'm trying to i'm keeping my professional voice too but um uh we love you. <laughs> but um we we have to remember that that we need to sell culture, because there are people who feel the same way that we do, the younger culture, but they're afraid to speak. We're not, we're not afraid to speak, but we, know, we need to know how to speak because in, in this age group, being judged is a big thing, and they don't, want, they don't want to feel like they're being judged by the older generation. I remind them that we all judge, you judge every time you say you don't judge, but you did, you just judged. <laughs> so um, I don't know. God's given me an opportunity to where I get to live in a crazy world where I'm around people who are 18, 19, 20, 21 and like that. And I know a lot of the professors don't really agree, but they also are being silenced. Yeah. so amen.
0: Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Vanessa. Amen. Uh, Chris also sent something to me. You may or may not be familiar, but this is also another arena in which we see the enemy encroaching. And if we're not careful, we don't say anything about it. Not in my backyard. So I'm okay. Maybe not.
2: I believe it's in Puerto Rico. Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. Um, they're depicting killing God, Jesus, and also, they have the older people, younger people deceived where they're killing them, and it's in the streets, and the government is paying for it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that literally having parades where Satan has chains around Jesus, and Satan is pulling Jesus, and stabbing him with his trident fork. Okay? And everyone's laughing about it. And it's, it's fun. It's celebratory. See, the enemy is very up front now. He is ta- the covers have been taken off. And what used to be done hidden is now openly expressed. And I'm afraid the church in a lot of sense is in shock where he got the deer in the headlights look. And we're kind of like, well, what do we do about that? Okay, look at your um, characters of the Bible in the past, when those things took place. Go to Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Remember them? Remember when uh, it was just a decree was spoken? Okay, bow down and worship the big idol. Okay, they had just shifted and turned into great... False idolatry. Right there. Sounds kind of like America. We're, almost, we're kind of shifting almost as it were. Okay. And what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do when that decree was given to bow down and worship when you hear the sounds of the music? They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Go to Daniel 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, they replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from our your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I believe that each one of us are going to have issues come front and center in our lives. And we're going to have to make decisions in this next season. Are we going to do what Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego did? Or are we going to yield to the situation and fear man and fear what might happen to me if I do it? Stand up. Yes, the coming of the Lord is nigh at hand. But at the same time, until that happens... What will you do when you are confronted with these things? How will you respond? Hallelujah. I want you to know darkness will get darker. I think there was a prophetic word years ago that said that. The darkness will get darker and the light will become brighter. And you will see a separation as never before between that which is light from that which is dark. What That which used to be gray will be no more. For gray will be separated and it will either be black or it will be white. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Hallelujah. And I wanted to finish off, even though I didn't uh, put this in here. But in Isaiah chapter 60, it says, Arise shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness does cover the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But, everyone say, but, But. the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, kings to the brightness of your dawn. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord shall rise upon you. I want you to show those last uh, pictures. That's in some of our public schools right now. Oh my. They're teaching the kids how to do these things. All in fun. It's part of the culture. Next one. Teaching them to worship Satan. Lift up your hands. Declare your praises to the evil one. Happening now. Oh, it must be in, in, in somewhere in Europe, right? It must be somewhere, you know, off in, in South America, somewhere. No. Right here in your own backyard. In this USA. Oh, well, at least it's not in our state. There you go again. The way things are going, it could be next month. Here, in the good old Bible Belt. Thinking that the Bible Belt's gonna protect us from all things. Okay, are you getting what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? It's a concern of my heart. I believe it's on the heart of the Father. That until he comes, okay, there's stuff going on and we need to use our voice to declare the things at the moments when they are needed. Don't be afraid, God's word says in Luke chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. And it says... When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. He'll help you. He did with Stephen, and he got stoned to death for it. He did it for others, and it changed the whole culture. We're just afraid to die. Well, if you die, where do you go? (laughs) Praise God, I've got kids in my classroom. They're excited about defending the gospel. They're saying, if it comes my way, I'd be willing, if need be, to stand up and to possibly die if if, if it got that far. Because remember, a disciple, what is the Greek word really for disciple? It means martyr. Hallelujah. Stand, please. Hallelujah. Last scripture says, Psalm 57, verse number 7. Because of this, I can say, my heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I stand firm. Because of that, I will sing and make music. I can declare the great things of God in the midst of a difficult time that we live in. Because I stand firm and I am unmoved... Hallelujah, by what is taking place around me. Hallelujah, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand, let's raise our hands before the Lord. Father, we thank you so very much for your word being spoken with clarity, with the anointing, with power, and with great Purpose in Jesus name and I thank you that you stirred within us a greater capacity to stand with you hallelujah in the midst of difficulty in the midst of challenge in the midst hallelujah of enemy assault hallelujah knowing that you're coming soon hallelujah but until that moment comes we will stand strong we will stand firm we are unmoved hallelujah And we will see what you accomplish and what you do as a result of it. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on, giving glory in the house this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you get me my uh, cell phone, please? And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did anyone get anything out of the Word of God today? (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to remind you today... Uh, that we, uh, when we give, give with that mindset, okay, that you are giving your all. He's given his all, and I'm not taking, telling you to get rid of everything in your pockets. That's not what I said, okay. Just have that spirit about you that says he gave his all, I'm giving my all. Hallelujah, for he is totally worth it. He is more valuable to me than gold or silver or precious jewels. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So I want to remind you, okay, that when you give, you can give, you know, by text. You can give online. You can give through, you know, the envelopes there in the back. Okay? And and so um, just remember those things. And then uh, let's remember... Um, I'm trying to look here and see everything to make sure I've got it all. The Awe of God. Everyone say The Awe of God. The Awe of God is a book that we're reading from. Dion, would you pick that book up and uh, anyone else who may not be familiar with it? Uh, we, Pastor Dan and, and a group, we're going through The Awe of God right now by John Bevere. Very impacting book. And it changes the way you, you uh, act, the way that you flow, everything about you. We all need the fear of the Lord, and uh, we may have a lack of that uh, in in many uh, places and in many ways in in our lives, and so I encourage you, come on Wednesday, 6.45, snack, 7 o'clock is when it starts, and we are into work week three, hallelujah, so uh, be ready if you're interested, connect with me regarding possibly getting a book so that you can uh, walk this out with us, amen. And then, uh, of course, birthdays in April. We have Ken Williams, Kenneth Williams. So give him a hand. Oh, he's not here, but yeah, brother right there is there. So he can tell Kenneth, happy birthday, said the church. (laughs) And then uh, we have LaVon Stewart. Yay, LaVon, stand please. It's a birthday girl right over there. And uh, then we have uh, Monica Griffith. Monica's not here. So sister, would you tell Monica (laughs) the church says happy birthday? And let's all, let's all uh, turn to her. We're going to do the very brief birthday song to her. Uh, I like to sing it. So, oh, it's his birthday or is it Kenneth yours? Okay. All right. So we're going to sing happy birthday to all of you and the ones who weren't here. And uh, it's, it's the newer one, one that I like to do. So this is your birthday song. It isn't very long. <laughs> we just say, we just speak the blessing of the Lord. May this next year bring forth more than you could ever imagine or think. And that God is in your midst and he will show himself strong on your behalf over and over again. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, uh, stand one last time. I dismiss you in the name of Jesus to go forth in the power and in the strength and in the love and in the anointing of our God to bring forth change, to bring forth hope, to bring forth all of the blessing and all that God has in store. Hallelujah. In you and through you. Hallelujah. To a needy world in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Love on one another on the way out. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Amen.